You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. and shine football fans welcome to morning footy happy labor day to you all um most of you probably have the day off not us. <laughs> no, not Who's us. bitter about it? Not, not us. Soon. Not this crew. I'm Susanna Collins alongside Nigel Rio Coker. Great to see you my Thank friends. You. Great Thank to have you. you back. Charlie Davies. Alexis Guerreras. Oh my god. What's going on guys? What's going on baby? How was your weekends? You know I, I was I, did, I was hesitant to tell this story. Oh, oh, oh! Here Yesterday, we go. running in the, in the the uh, waves with with my boys on a on a uh, boogie board, popped my calf. <laughs> what does that even mean? So I'm doing eight sprints. I'm dragging them in the waves, uh-huh. full sprint. Feels like I'm training, like pulling a sled. So I, I'm done. So I do I do about eight. They're like, oh, that was fun. So I sit down. And then my wife, Nina, looks at me and goes, that little girl, she, she thinks, I think she wants to go on. And her dad wasn't at the beach. So I'm like, all right. So I go back up, she gets on. I, I'm sprinting and she's having the best time of her life, big smile, and all of a sudden, poof, my calf. Oh, God. Uh, pulled. So much pain. And I look at my wife, I said, thanks. I knew, I knew my body was done. <laughs> I knew it. But hey, yeah, for the kids, for the, for the kids, kids. Okay. anything for the kids. Yeah. Also, so I do want to. I, I just want to say, uh, your shirt reminds me. Rest in peace to Jimmy Buffett, man. Thank uh, you. Yeah. R.I.P. <laughs> Shouts to all the parrotheads, bro. Uh, you, you must have been a rough one. Jimmy Buffett, big big Chicago Cubs fan. We really? love him. Yeah, we love him. Wait, so how are you feeling now? Style icon. I feel a little bit better. It's it's sore. I, like I a popped calf, calf sounds excruciating. What yeah. do you do? You stretch it out? You oh. foam roll it? 2014 was the first time I I pulled my calf. And I was doing sled pushes. No, I'm gonna preseason ugh. workout, and it is not. Yo, uh-uh. Stop doing anything with sleds. It's yeah. just sleds, bro. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> We're getting older, yeah. guy. You know, it's like we have to be kind. I thought it was be kind to our good, bodies. Fit. Yeah. Trying to get my Nigel Rio Coker on, you know. That how are you holding <laughs> Don't you? make them like me anymore. This is different. <laughs> are you just? A, you're a different animal. I'm a different animal. I'm in this world, but I'm not from this world. 
Wow. Like, what? Whoa, Dang. did you just come up with that? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> like a little Wayne line right there. Yeah. That was amazing. Uh, speaking of Lil Wayne, was he at the LAFC Inter-Miami Might be the only one missing. Because I don't know. It seems like everybody in Incredible. Hollywood was at this match. Okay, <laughs> this is incredible. This is the actual list of celebrities that attended this game. And it, it's a who's who of everybody in Hollywood. It's what, Selena Gomez was there, LeBron, Tobey Maguire, Ed Norton, what? Prince Harry. Yo, Meghan Markle's husband was there, bro. <laughs> That's this is crazy. nuts. Yeah, Look at all of this. That's quite a list. I mean, this is this is the epitome of uh, the messy effect, right? So I have very good friends that live out in Los Angeles, and they go to quite a few LAFC games. And my buddy was like, I was going to try to get tickets for, for me and my girlfriend, and he kept thinking that getting closer to kickoff, ticket prices would Come down? Drop. Oh, no. <laughs> Quite the opposite, in fact. He was like, literally the last time he checked, it was like 20 minutes before the match. It was like almost $800 just to get your foot in the door. To be BMO fair, Stadium. there's not a bad seat there. It is a beautiful it's a stadium. Gorgeous, BMO very is well gorgeous. Built gorgeous. You're not lying. It doesn't matter where you sit. You're going to have a good view of the game. You're going to have fun. But $800? $800. For a regular season MLS game? Yes. Is that a record? Yes, it is. That has to be, it right? It has to for be. Sure it is. What's and the hardest ticket before that? Was it LAFC versus LA Galaxy playoff? Ooh, mm. that's that. I would think that that would be right. El Trafico up there. That's, that's got to be up that's there. That's got to be it, right? Yeah. Well. Well, that's good. That, Besides all the other messy games, by the way, we're talking um, about. So yeah, this is uh, you know we've been we've been chatting about Inter Miami a ton, obviously for good reason. They are they're unbeaten since. Lionel Messi and company joined the club, and Tata Martino took over. So let's get into the highlights from this one. They're trying to make this playoff push, and wow, Charlie. It's, one, a great ball from Tomas Aviles, but the sliding shot from Facundo Farias just completely catches Johnny McCarthy off guard. And I absolutely love this pass from Messi to Jordi Alba. They were sleeping the back line of LAFC, and again, Messi provides the assist to Leo Campana. And this was a, a work of, of magic from Inter Miami. Mm -hmm. Brian Hollingshead gets a little bit, little bit of dignity back for LAFC, but what a rough one. I mean, if you're playing for Miami, all you gotta do is get into space. Someone on this team will find you, and you're going to get an open shot on goal. <laughs> Someone will find you. Someone will find Someone. you. Someone. Jordy, Messi, well, yeah, Busquets. Well, they've got a great spine. Miami yeah. have a great spine. Every successful team has a spine now. And you talk about Alba, Busquets, Messi, and then the goalkeeper now. He's playing a part. Drake Calendar is playing, is playing, he's playing out a, of his mind. Ma he's massive part of it now. Now, you can see that he's playing so well. That back line has so much confidence in him because they're not going to be able to hold out throughout a whole 90 minutes. Once or twice, teams will get in behind. The saves he pulled yesterday were the big difference in that game because, in my opinion, goals change games. LAFC should have been 3-0 up in that first half. Mm -hmm. Should have been. They were Because they weren't half chances. They were clear-cut chances. If you're a manager or a coach, put yourself in a manager or coach position. You're going to be fuming that you don't take those opportunities. The first chance with Denis Boanga could have gone wide to Carlos Vela. His reaction shows how upset he was. I'll go one step further. That could have, should have. I mean, Denis Boanga wasted a lot of good opportunities, especially when other players had space. 
But Carlos Vela, you want it on his left foot. You want him to be at that spot in the top of the box. He's wide open, has lagoons. This is how much I miss Nico right now. He had <laughs> lagoons of space. And Danny Boanga took what seemed to me like a, like a low percentage shot at that point completely over the, over the crossbar. It's, listen, it's selfish. Two things. If you're going to take a shot there, you better score. Mm-hmm. If you don't score and you've got a teammate who's in a better position than you to score, you've got to make that pass. And it just shows the difference in the level of quality. Messi, same scenario, pass it to Campana with composure. They, win, they go on to score a goal. Mm-hmm. That's the big difference. Those are the small margins of error. When you get teams, when you get chances against this Inter-Miami side, you better take them and you better be clinical. Otherwise, you're going to get a lesson in it. And I, I want to touch on, Susanna, you said, oh, should they rest Messi? Or, and I was like, no. Don't, don't travel them. Don't. Well, I think what Tata Martino even took it a step further and said, I'm not even going to play a striker. I'm not going to start either Joseph Martinez or Leo Campana. I'm going to add a midfielder mm-hmm. to the squad. And talk about a tactical masterclass from a manager. It's not just the players, Lionel Messi, Busquets, and Alba, but also Tata Martino to be able to rotate his squad and be so tactically flexible because they wanted to control the midfield. It's not about generating who has the most shots because LAFC had more opportunities, but it was let's control this game. And after 20 minutes, it was all Inter-Miami. If Phil, if Phil Neville stays as coach of this team, we are not talking about Inter-Miami as potentially still being able to get in the playoffs. I do think this is because, Yeah, but you say that, but it's also not it's the additions they made as well. Come sure, on. but the, I would say you can, argue, you can argue that that is the second most important addition, if not at least third. I don't Busquets think we talk about him enough, yeah. to be honest. That's, that's, that's the first, the, the, probably the biggest addition because Lionel Messi has to be comfortable. Make a good point, Charlie. Yes, it's, it's in that midfield because that is one of the strengths of LAFC. Their midfield is one of their strong points as well as their, their, their front three. But also you've got to look at the previous game against Nashville. Inter-Miami are peed that they didn't win that game at home against a heavily rotated Nashville side without Hany Mukta starting and they come out of a point. If they'd have won that game at Nashville, I personally think that Messi probably wouldn't have started this game in LAFC, they could arrest him because they're still going to have to arrest him. You can't keep playing Messi consistently well, that's what throughout you say, but the runs. He's done it before. The man... <laughs> no, he right. has done it. Listen, The man wants since, to play. Since yeah. he's been there, the young players have stepped up their game as well. Like sure. Miami play with such a swagger and belief now. And that's from when you play with top-class players, you see how they carry themselves, how they train. That belief comes because now you know We've got Lionel Messi on our mm-hmm. side. You've seen what he can do. There's always that belief you're going to win games. Even if you go a goal down, you have that extra belief. When you play with top-class players of that calibre, that belief never dies. And, and to build off that, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the friend of the show, Kamal Miller, who has taken leaps and Oof. bounds forward, steps forward from when Tata Martino came to this team and, and Lionel Messi and Busquets and Alba just because of his ability to play out of the back. And he's so calm. There's no launching the ball forward. No matter what, at all costs, he tries to keep the ball for the team, even if they're in uh, their defensive third. You, you can't launch the ball when you got Busquets there. You better get the ball down and pass. That's <laughs> what like you got to I do. prefer it when Kamal Miller just takes it by himself like he did in the game against Nashville. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, my boy's got space. Yeah. He's not stopping. It was Every once in a while, he's like, let me remind him I'm here, bro. No, it's great. <laughs> uh, but it's true. I, I, I spoke about this before, but, you know, in the same way that, like, a Michael Jordan just kind of elevated everybody's level, like, I feel like that has what – that's exactly what has happened with this oh. Inter-Miami team with Leo Messi and Tata. And it's just everyone is kind of rising to the expectations. 
expectations that they have set for themselves. And uh, we're going to dive more into yep. this match uh, later on in the show. But let's let's move it along to um, the, the uh, another big match of the weekend because we've got two very happy Arsenal fans sitting on the other side of the desk. Arsenal hosting Manchester United, and uh, this was a this was a fun one. Yeah, it's a rough start, uh, to say the least, with Marcus Rashford scoring in transition. But 110 seconds later, here comes Odegaard. And then this goes in, and I'm like, you can't, you got to be kidding me, because Arsenal were dominating. Luckily, it's offside. And then the big summer signing How much room does to he the have? rescue. How much time does he have? And look at and this then, cut. Come on. <laughs> Oh I felt my. like I was at my grandmother's house because all I heard the announcer saying was rice and Jesus. <laughs> I thought I was at Abuela's house, bro. I lit a candle. Uh, this was, I think, probably one of the most... It was frustrating at moments for Arsenal, but it, it, at the end, when you look at it, you're like, wow, we basically dominated Manchester United. If you're an Arsenal fan, you walk away from this match. There were moments where you weren't, where you weren't happy. When that Garnacho goal went in, I was a little deflated. Oh. But... To see this, this final result, to see uh, Declan Rice finally get open his account, finally get his first goal as an Arsenal player, to see Arsenal win yet again, if I'm not mistaken, they are... Um, Three wins and a draw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I meant at home against Manchester shot. United. And he's an Arsenal fan. Five mm -hmm. wins and one draw mm -hmm. in the last uh, matches at, at the Emirates against, uh, against Manchester United. This is, look, we, we go for tit for tat. We can't, Arsenal doesn't win at Old Trafford. Uh, Manchester United can't win at the Emirates. But this was, there were moments where if you're an Arsenal fan, you were like, hey, man, you can knows. we? You know what? You no, was, like, like, can we do it in the final third? And I think well, they proved this. Listen, they the biggest thing of that game for me was Arsenal getting the result. And I think that's how they got to look at it. Because I, I personally think a draw would have probably been a fair result in the end. Manchester United weren't great. But at the same time, they still stayed in the game. And you were, let's just say, an inch away from losing that game with Ganacho. If Manchester United go 2-1 up there, isn't it, game's done. Isn't it a good indication, though, for a team when you're, nece you're not necessarily playing your best that you're still able to find results and collect all three points? Because for me, like, there have been games this, this season with Arsenal where they haven't, they haven't looked as polished as they did last year, mm -hmm. but they're still finding ways to win. And I always think that that is a really good, that is, that's a good sign. That's what championship teams do. Right. They, found a, they find a way to get the win. My mm -hmm. thing with Arsenal still is that I don't personally believe they've got a clinical enough striker. I think they're going to face more bumps in the road. Don't tell me that they've got a clinical striker, Charlie, because they don't. They, they do. do. When he he when he's healthy. Who? Gabby Jesus, Gabby when he's Jesus healthy, is not he is a clinical he is striker. Clinical. No when you've chance. seen him start for Arsenal, he he's is been not clinical. a clinical striker. He's very impactful player, makes a massive difference at Arsenal side. But he is not on the same level you, as Owen Hart, like clinical striker. Can you just define what you mean by clinical and clinical striker? Someone who will, who will guarantee get you goals every game, at least score every goal. A game a goal. <laughs> a game a goal. Someone who's a natural-born finisher. For me, Gabriel Jesus is not a clinical striker. I think what you, two things. What is asked of him is different than a traditional number nine. He's asked to, you know, be able to swap positions with Martinelli and Saka, be able to play yeah. them in a position. When, when he, he play, when that's he, fine. That's the Arsenal when he's on he's on the problem. He's the game-changer for Arsenal when he's healthy and he's on the pitch. And it's Kai Havertz who is throwing the, the, making this team unbalanced because it, right now it does not work. It does not fit. He does not fit in this team. He hasn't played well. And so Arteta, yeah, he's backing him and trying to give him all the confidence he can because his performance haven't, been, haven't warranted him getting the minutes that he's gotten so far. But I think at this point, you take him off because that's been the biggest change in the Arsenal team from last season to this season 
is Havertz in the side, and it hasn't worked. Trust, Trossard, for me, should be the one that should play more. I think Trossard should be starting for Arsenal a lot more. Havertz, I agree with you. I don't see how Havertz fits into this Arsenal side. And again, as the season goes on, with Champions League about to start, mm -hmm. we're going to see a lot more now to see how far this Arsenal team really can go on. When and Havertz here, drops and here, I go, here I go defending Havertz. Uh, you're right. Both of you are right. He has not played well. Does he deserve to be sat on the bench for a start? Possibly, possibly. But I want to take the narrative away that he's not playing well because one of the things that he's asked to do is to make the movements where he creates space for other players, and at the very least, he's done that. Does that match the number that's paid for him? Does that match how much he's getting played weekly? Absolutely not. So when he I'm not saying that. So when he, when, he, when he drops in the midfield uh -huh. where he's playing and loses the ball, yeah, and which times which, you're telling me which led to the goal to Marcus Rashford? So no, you're saying that's, that, did I say that that was good? Were no. you saying he's not playing bad? I said he's not playing. I, he deserves to be demoted, but he's he, what he's being asked to do. He does. He's being asked to make movements that create lose space. The, is he being asked to lose? He the creates ball? movements that create space for uh, Martinelli. That's he part makes of movements. the game. That's, that's part of the and game. And that part he's doing. I'm giving him credit for that. Everything else, yes, it's a fail. He needs time and lack he needs of confidence. finishing, lack of connecting passes. Uh, when he missed that open sitter, I was like, man, how am I going to defend this guy? <laughs> Arsenal really don't look as fluid as they did last season. Mm -mm. We have that's a lot a of... They do not look as fluid and as good. And this is a very different team. That's a different team with your Yuri Thomas Partey playing at right back. And then you have uh, Kai Havertz playing in the midfield. It, it, it just hasn't worked. Kai Havertz can play in a box midfield. He can take over that Shaka role. I just think it's going to take time. Do they have the ability to give him as much time as he needs if you're really going to compete for the league? At the highest so. level, you don't have that much time. Y'all, you, you got 10 points out of your first four games. We're doing high. Just calm down. Yeah. We're doing you're high. fine. You're fine. Everyone's fine here at this desk. We're going to dive more into that game later on in the show. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Uh, Michelle Gingras will be back with some headlines when we return. Don't go anywhere. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Um, it's been a rough start to the season for Everton, and this kind of exemplifies it all. Damari Gray posting this. Everton fans have always been great with me, but it's so difficult to play for someone who don't show you respect as a person. Yeesh. Yikes. Nigel. Yeah? That's not, that's not a good look. Not a good look. Been there. I'm still just trying to understand why you'd put that there and then, you know, have the, the G-Wagon in the background. Just makes no sense to me. Balenciaga really. but, across the back. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. But it's tough. It's tough in those situations when you play for a manager that you don't necessarily agree with and there's a... It's, it's personal. Sure. Like, football's not Clearly. everything about what the player can do. Some managers have the ability to play a player, even if they don't like them as a person, as a personal human being, they'll still play them for their own success. 
But when they make it very personal and then you're not playing, it's it's a hard and dark place to come out of as a football player. It's a hard. It's, it's a tough. Hard. That's it's when tough. you say that it's a tough business. Yeah. Because you can do everything you want and everything in your power to train well, to work hard, do extra, and the coach, no matter what, says you're not playing in my team. Yeah. It, it's. It really it, takes everything out out of it for you. You 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 feel the depression comes. Yep. You know it's. It's, it's hard to find that motivation every day, but, but you keep done? doing no, no, no. it. What could he have done? I mean, they're a team that can't score. I know he's only had nine As goals in two seasons, but what could he have possibly done yeah. in training that would stop Sean Dyche from, from playing? It might not even just be that. It's just like I said, when a manager doesn't like you and it's a personal thing, there's nothing you can do. All you can do as a player is train to the best of your ability to make sure that when you do have an opportunity, that you take it. People think and people say all the time, ah, oh, but your footballers, you're earning thousands a week. That does not matter. I know players who are earning... 80,000 a week and weren't playing in their team and they were depressed. Mm -hmm. The money does not play a part of it when you come as a professional footballer from where we come from in England. That plays no Question part. Question for you. Is it worse when you're not playing and your team is losing or is it worse when you're not playing and your team is winning without you on um, the pitch? It's the same. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> when you're not playing, you're not playing and yeah. it hurts. It hurts. And, and, you know, I think it's, it's easier to say the team is winning. So, you don't expect the coach to make any changes. Typically, a coach is going to ride with his winning, winning side, and that's fine. You say, okay, i got to wait my chance. But if the team's losing and you're busting your butt in training, doing everything extra, and you're still not getting an opportunity, that's when it, it goes even deeper. Man. Dark times. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's turn things around here. Hey, how about our ray of sunshine, <laughs> Michelle? Gotta brighten things up Michelle, today. Honestly, can you Monday? please? Can you just have a make us pivot here let's a little? Because I feel like we're all Debbie Downers at this desk. <laughs> right yeah. Now. All right. Let's let's turn it around a little bit. I'll bring the sunshine for these morning headlines. The Luciano Spalletti era began with an Italian national team on Sunday, as the veteran manager was officially introduced by the Azzurri. Spalletti named his first Italy squad as manager calling up four Napoli players while also leaving out veterans such as Leonardo Benucci and Jorginho. Spalletti also introduced Gianluigi Buffon as part of his staff in the role of delegation chief. And from one person who left Napoli after their Scudetto winning season to another, Mexican star Herving Lozano said goodbye to the Serie A champions, completing a $16 million move to PSV over the weekend. Lozano returns to the Dutch Giants, where he previously spent two seasons. He joins the wave of CONCACAF players brought into PSV by sporting director Ernie Stewart, who also brought in American Serginho Desk, Malik Tillman, and Ricardo Pepe. Another player club reunion is being finalized as Sergio Ramos's return to Sevilla. According to multiple reports, the legendary Spanish defender is finalizing a free transfer to Sevilla after turning down offers from Saudi Arabia and Galatasaray. Ramos began his pro career at Sevilla, leaving to join Real Madrid in 2005. He spent the past two seasons at PSG and now joins Sevilla, set to compete in the Champions League. And it's an international fixture break, and we have some national team news. Tanner Tessman has been added to the U.S. men's national team roster for their upcoming friendlies against Uzbekistan and Oman, replacing Johnny Cardoso, who was forced out due to injury. Cardoso suffered an ankle injury with Brazilian club Internacional, opening the door for Tessman. The 21-year-old midfielder is set off to a strong start with Serie B side Venezia and has one national team cap.
And heading over to England, if things couldn't get any worse for Manchester United, they followed up yesterday's 3-1 loss to Arsenal with a brewing controversy between Eric Ten Hag and Jadon Sancho after Sancho was left out of United's squad. Ten Hag explained the absence of Jadon Sancho saying this, on his performance in training, we didn't select him. You have to reach the level every day at Manchester United. You can't make choices in front of in the front line. So in this game, he wasn't selected. Shortly after making those comments, Jadon Sancho went to social media and posted this statement. Please don't believe everything you read. I will not allow people saying things that is completely untrue. I've conducted myself in training very well this week. I believe there are other reasons for this matter that I won't get into. I've been a scapegoat for a long time, which isn't fair. Jaden Sancho has played just 79 minutes this season exclusively as a substitute, and he has yet to record a goal or an assist. So, Nigel, are you surprised to see Sancho's role at United shrink like this, especially about how well he finished the season last year? It's hard to defend him, if I'm honest. And it's one of those situations where you don't really know what's going on unless you're at that training facility and you see how these players train and apply themselves. But every time he's had an opportunity to play, I haven't seen the Jadon Sancho that we saw at Borussia Dortmund. I don't think he's really done enough, in my opinion, in the, the opportunities he's got to stay in this Manchester United side. He has not been the same player that came from Germany. Say something. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. So Jadon Sancho, last season, the last four matches he starts, four wins. He finishes with a goal and an assist to end last year. That gives you that boost, that confidence to go into this season. What has Anthony done? Obviously, what has Anthony done Anthony, to deserve playing time? Listen. He has four, four appearances this season, no goals, no assists. If you're, if you're a Man United player, well, okay. if you're going to call stats, how many spins did he do? At least three or four. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, how, I'm, how okay. can you say Jen Sancho doesn't deserve an opportunity? I said from what I've seen, he, he doesn't, in my opinion. He hasn't, because let's be real. You're going to Manchester United, their standards. I agree with you with Anthony. Anthony, for me, does not do enough in the sense of the money that they paid for him in their attacking sense. Yes, he puts in a shift. You can see why Eric Ten Hag brings him in there. That's, the, that's obviously the reason. Eric Ten Hag puts him in there right now at the moment for putting in a shift, which still isn't good enough to warrant the money they paid for him. He needs to do more in the final third. Work. He's become a... Wait, He's done I'm nothing. telling you. He works hard. So that's telling me... The, obviously, the work rate he's getting from Anthony isn't the same work rate that Jordan Sancho is giving him. At the end of the day, you've Nigel, got to respect the manager's decision. Um, Nigel, they've played Wolves. They win 1-0. They were shocking. Lucky to win. They should have lost that match. They play Tottenham. They get spanked 2-0. See you later. And then they, they win against Nottingham Forest, and they were down 2-0. They've played horribly this year. Anthony has been horrible. And you're telling me that Jane Sancho doesn't deserve an opportunity oh, to no, play? No, no. Did I, I didn't say he doesn't deserve an opportunity. I said I can probably understand why he's not playing. And when you take back, like I said, the performances, the chances that he's had, there's no one that's really going to back Jordan Sancho to say, yeah, he should be starting. I'm look when he, when he played when he first came he played they played him on the left not his position he gets opportunities on the right he didn't look convincing enough where you wouldn't go out and buy someone like an Anthony you go and get Anthony he hasn't played well either it's right. either an issue with the right what? or I haven't seen enough for me to say yeah Anthony needs to sit in jail he hasn't been like that how can we act surprised when there was talk in this transfer window that Jordan Sancho's name Jaden Sancho's name always came up as a transfer outside of Manchester United. How many times have we seen Anthony Martial's name in transfer news? 
and he's playing. That's don't one. put them in the same camp. Don't put them in the same camp. Yeah. The, the, it's not about putting them in the same camp. It's about, it's about, it, it's, it's about, is there been a transfer uh, rumor about this player? And, and has he played? Everyone has talked about him not training well, him not performing well, and he's still getting opportunities. My point is this. Eric Ten Hag brought Anthony in. That's his guy. Yeah. So at the end of the day, he's going to stick with the players that he likes, that he values. That, and we talked about coaches who, who don't like you for whatever reason. Yeah. That's Jaden Sancho right now. So wait, why is Jaden still there for such a That's my point. Okay. J- Jaden Sancho should not be at Manchester United. No it hasn't worked out for him. Nah. We're going to dive more into uh, the troubles at Manchester United later on. Don't you worry. It Don't you? Chuck, Chuck's, just, Chuck's just getting warmed up. Um, all right, that was fun. Good stuff, guys. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, we are chatting about some uh, Premier League results when we return on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. It was a big weekend of Premier League action. Here's a look at some of the notable results. We've got West Ham getting the 2-1 win over Luton Town. Tottenham with the big 5-2 win over Burnley. Nottingham Forest beat Chelsea 1-0. City whoop Fulham 5-1. Liverpool, Aston Villa. Look at that, guys. 3-0. Susanna's happy. Uh, Brighton get the 3-1 win over Newcastle. And, of course, we have already talked about it, but Arsenal get the 3-1 win over Manchester United. We hit a lot on uh, that game, and we're going to get into it more, but there were three hat tricks this weekend. You guys, three. Sergio Aguero. Three. Uh, I said Sergio Aguero. You did not. No, you did I want you to look at Erling Holland, who had a hat trick for Manchester City this weekend. He's already... In, on this list. He's second had six, season. He, in his second season, he has had six hat tricks in two seasons, it, which is ab- it's incredible. It's just oh, incredible. He probably could have had oh, what, he'll, seven he'll, if he didn't give that penalty he'll catch, last He'll catch Fowler this year, for sure. It seems that way. The, man, the, thing, he, the thing is is that he does. He scores goals in bunches. It's just like, you know, it's like he, he gets started and then he, he just can't stop. And it, it's... I'm, I'm terrified at what this man is going to do. Do we the, think he stays the in the league long enough to break uh, Alan Shearer's record? No. No, right? No. You think he goes to Real Madrid? Yeah. Oh. Or Barcelona. His he's family haven't made it a secret that that's the, the dream destination. And Real Madrid right now have time to wait for that striker that they've been waiting for. So, yeah. And then look, we don't know how long Pep's going to be there at Manchester City. I can't that's see Pep true. staying beyond this season. I, I won't be surprised if Pep leaves after this season. Wow. Pep Terrell takes Erling with him in a year? <laughs> <laughs> now you're just making stuff up. Yeah, right? I'm just having now fun you're just making now. stuff up. I'm playing football manager. I won't manager. be surprised. It's wild. Don't, per- don't, write it, don't write it out. I think Pep's got to go to a national team, but whatever. We'll talk about it. I, yeah, that's, yeah. Not a, that's not a terrible shout. But, yeah, perfect start to the season for Manchester City. Um, we, we talked about Arsenal a lot at the start of the show, but let's, let's dive a little bit more into the uh, dysfunction that we're starting to see <laughs> at Manchester <laughs> United. Uh, the, I mean, there's... We, the Jaden Sancho situation that 
we, we spoke about, there seems to be a little bit of unrest and some contentiousness happening. How, you know, we, we like to talk about the panic meter, you know, on this on this show, like teams at a panic, panic meter. We're only four matches into the season, but it, it doesn't look great for Manchester United, Charlie, for you, where is the the panic meter? It's it's swinging towards panic. It's yeah. not there yet. Eric Ten Hag. Wait, is hold the, on. On a scale of one to five, five being panic. Where are you? Saying three, four? Are you hovering? I'd say three, three and a, four is there. Yeah, three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Okay. okay. So there are a lot of things that Eric Ten Hag has done well with Manchester United. So. First and foremost, I respect him as a manager because I think he has done a lot of good things. But when you look at this last match and you're subbing in Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans to close out the match. Johnny Evans. That, that, <laughs> he played under Sir Alex Ferguson. That is, that is an issue. That is an issue for sure. And you give up two goals. You had, you had, you had a point on the road, a result. You sub in those two players in particular who are low on confidence. I get you, you want to uh, center backs for aerial uh, duels and, and crosses and set pieces, but those are two players in particular where their confidence, well, Harry Maguire's is down here, and Johnny Evans is just, he's 36. He's past it. All right. He was retired to counter argue on that. Is that Eric Ten Hag's fault, or is it the mess that was already at Manchester United before he got there? Because any manager that came to Manchester United... You signed Johnny Evans. You had... He had no choice. We could see clearly Manchester United are struggling financially. They cannot compete in the market with the likes of Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and all these other clubs right now. They put themselves in this situation before Eric Ten Hag got there. They had to try to have a clear out. If you're a Manchester United player... You're not going nowhere. You play for Manchester United. It's on your resume. They've got long contracts. They're getting paid big money. Where are they going? The, those Maguire could have left to go to West Ham. Should have left. Should have, but he's should not have going terminated to. his contract. It's a bad situation. Also, Manchester United and Arsenal outspend the rest of the league in the last two summer transfer windows. So okay. they've got the money. They've got the finances. We're not giving enough credit to the injuries that they were playing with. Shaw's out. Uh, Varane's out. There's a, I mean, if you watch the game, it looked like Bruno was out. Uh, it, there's clearly a lot of issues with, with injuries, which is why you sign a guy like Johnny Evans. Clearly not a player you're going to depend on for the full season, but can you give me a few minutes? Turns out the answer is no. Uh, he's not good but, enough to do that. Listen. Maybe he's good enough in training. But you've got to give – I'm going to give Ten Hag some credit. How do you play against when Zinchenko, you know, inverts and comes in and you get that box midfield? He did something which I haven't seen very many do. He had Anthony come in, right? You know uh, Martinelli's not going to come back. He's going to try to push the line as far as he can. So now you have this amazing amount of space. But there's no one, to, there's no one good enough to play in that, including Anthony can't come back out and use that space to his advantage. Listen. There's just nothing you can do when you're Eric Tenek. And the promise was that this was the guy who was going to fix it. Ralph Rangnick looked bad. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer looked bad. Everyone you've put in that position has looked bad. This is the guy who's going to fix it. He spent big. He brought in his players, and it still doesn't look good. He's got to be under some pressure, no? He's under pressure, I agree, now because of the results. At first, I didn't think he would be, but now because of the results and the performances, he's put himself under pressure. This whole Jordan Sancho, Jaden Sancho thing as well has put more pressure on him as a manager at Manchester United. But in his defence, the only defence I'll give it, the club has been run like an absolute joke. The owners have not made it easy for him. Mm -hmm. He's gone into a difficult environment. There's a cluster of players there that if he had his way, he would get rid of at least 10 or 12 players at Manchester United. But Manchester United created that themselves with their recruiting that they've been doing and the players they've been getting before Eric Ten Hag 
came into place. My thing now is when you look at Manchester United, you struggle to see an identity. They are struggling in that final third in fluency and creativity in how they're going to get goals and how they're going to score goals. They do not look like a team. They don't look like a great team in possession. They don't look like they've got a real plan at the moment. And then you worry now some of the signings, like Amrabat's coming in there again. I still think they look unathletic in that midfield area. And I think with, when, when you watch that game, the youth of Arsenal showed as that game went on and grew in the final stages. I think Amrabat's going to mm. free up Bruno Fernandes in a way that he clearly needs to be because it's, it's obvious that he has way too much responsibility defensively. I want to see him, or if you're a Manchester United oh. fan, you want to see him start to yeah. spray your, your attackers, but also what attackers. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight back a little bit on, on this idea that it's the owners. I'm not saying the owners have been great, but Eric Ten Hag's had a lot of time. He's not the head coach. He's the manager. He gets to make these decisions. He went out and spent real big on his guys. He got Lisandro Martinez, who, yeah, was slated at first, but clearly proved he's an incredible defender. Please tell me, why did, okay, please tell me this. what is Anthony? Why didn't they get Harry Kane? If Manchester United is Manchester United old with a superpower to why did they not get Harry Kane? Would that Daniel is Levy, what they were needing. Would Daniel Levy have sold him within the league? I don't think so. Yes, he would have. He would have. He if barely sold him he, to Bayern. He, he, he would have. He kept him at the airport for if six Manchester, listen, this, listen, let's, let's, let's put some respect on Manchester United name. This is Manchester United. No, no, no. This is Manchester United as a club, historically. Like, this is Manchester United. If they, United. It, if they wanted him, they would have got him. But this is the point about ownership, money, and finances. That's the biggest problem. The, the, the Manchester United you're talking about is the one Johnny Evans played on <laughs> no. That's not this Manchester yeah. United. That's good. Let's bring it back. We're about right. history of a club. Eh? Yeah, Johnny Evans is part of the history, bro. Let's move his, it on. His first photo is in black and white. How is he on this team? No, but Why are you mad at him, Johnny? Johnny Evans. Loyalty plays a big, a, a big part of this. I mean, we go back to Anthony and Jane Sancho. Anthony had... Uh, six goal, um, one goal, one is, uh, four goals, two assists in 1,800 minutes last season to Jane Sancho's six goals and three assists in seven. Are we going minutes. back to this argument that we were? Oh my goodness! Charlie's okay, going back. Can I just say one, one quick thing? Declan Rice's uh, goal was the was the latest ever winning goal in Premier League history. Jesus. Very Shout good. Nice. Very oh good. Arroz. Glad he finally scored yeah, for you. Exactly. Well done. <laughs> Declan Reflection. Reflection. Latest right? winning goal. Reflection. In case I said just it wrong. in the nick of time. Um, okay. How about? Brighton, guys. Incredible. How about Brighton? A My buddy deserved win, it. A 3 1 <laughs> win over Newcastle. Uh, it just oh. an incredibly impressive performance from this young kid, Evan Ferguson, with a hat trick, one of the three hat tricks that of the goal. weekend. That goal there. Woo. That's the goal we need to talk about there. That second goal by Evan Ferguson for me, that lets everyone know he's the real deal. Watch mm -hmm. the technique. That is a striker's finish. He doesn't mm -hmm. try, he's 18 years old. Most kids at 18 will try and take the lever off the ball and try and absolutely smash it. He opens up his body and bends it with his inside of his foot. That there reminds me of old school Teddy Sheringham, proper strikers who know where the goal is Teddy and are goal scorers. Teddy used to be one of the best. That's a good shot. Teddy, Teddy Sheringham used to be one of the best at that at training where you'd watch him train. That's all Teddy used to do. Side foot with great technique and power into the corner. I thought so you were going to say spot. Didier Drogba. So. Oh, forget it. This guy won't forget. Uh, Jackson still reminds me of Didier, yes. But <laughs> Evan Ferguson is the real, the real deal. deal. Mm -hmm. That there is going to be a top striker and he's at the perfect club right now with such a young team. Matoma, Sholly Marsh, and you talk about Gilmore now coming as well. Unbelievable team. Yeah. Brighton for me are the most entertaining team to watch probably in world football, I'd say. 
it was watching that performance from him. It kind of it felt like it was like that, that star making performance. Like I was like, oh, oh, this kid is is on the map now. And Brighton, we were talking about it uh, before the show started. They're playing some beautiful football. Some of the most watchable football that we have seen. It's in my opinion, they're the most entertaining team yeah. to watch in world football. It's it's hard to argue that the way that they play, they're they play the that same style every yeah. week. They don't care who they come up against. It's a tap-minded front foot. Uh, fullbacks joining in, wingers, oh, it's just so sensational to watch that, that, that there's no surprise they're what, second in expected goals, first on shots target, first on goals per game, second in big chases, uh, chances created in the Premier League. They're just that exciting to watch. But well, my thing one, one player you forgot is Estupinian, who's been incredible as a left back, just getting so involved whether he has to come inside, stays wide, provides the width, perfect service, great tackler. He's just been phenomenal for Brighton. Mm-hmm. Newcastle concerns. You three have straight, to be. Three straight losses. You have to be scared. Hard schedule, though. A very, a very tough schedule Still to start the to, season. Still one to five. What's the panic meter on uh, Newcastle? Uh, three. Three? Yeah. Three? I'm not the Panic meter is four and a half. Oh, no. It's too much. Too early. I did initially think, oh, well, Champions League's coming up. This... It's a little, this is, a this is below club. par They're for, not playing well. I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried. All right, guys, we're going to take if a quick time out. We're going to chat about some uh, results around the rest of Europe when we return. Don't go anywhere.